Hello, it's Scarlett again. Welcome back to the Retro Cinema Review Podcast, the podcast where we rewatch old television and movies with a 2019 sensibility. Maybe we, along the way, end up finding some new favorites and remembering stuff that we loved in the past. So, this time, as you can probably notice, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, new intro music, new finally half, whatever, potato, potato. So for that, that is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. I will link everything in the show notes in case you're interested in checking out some more of his music. Um, And I'm looking into, after we finish season one of Big Love, trying to find some other shows that might be interesting to delve into before we move on to Big Love season two. Um, So if you have any suggestions, feel free to send me an email at retrocinemareview at gmail.com. Um, and we'll find something else new and interesting, new, old, interesting to delve into. But that said, this time we are watching season one, episode five of Big Love titled Affair. Like there isn't enough drama in this family. Okay. So this originally aired on HBO, April 9th of 2006. So it opens in Bill's office. We see him making a phone call to request a refill on his Viagra. Um, Barb frantically at the same time is calling his cell phone. Again, we get the classy flip cell phones. I love it. Um, And Barb appears to be at some sort of outdoor something function. Um, And I had to laugh because she's using the corded earbud with a microphone on her flip phone to talk to someone or to talk to Bill. And wow, I remember doing that frequently, and I thought it was just the coolest thing ever at the time. Wow. (laughs) But after she slams her flip phone shut and gets back to this uh, function that she's attending, I about died because it's an outdoor function, and there's a straight-laced band playing an instrumental version of Get Down Tonight by the Bee Gees. And it's hilarious because they keep, like, playing it on a loop, but there's never any vocals because I don't know if they're allowed to or they don't have a singer, but it's just too funny. It's like a sanitized version. Oh, my God. So we ended up finding out it's a fundraiser for a renovation of a historic site, some homestead. Um, They start talking to some councilman, and Barb totally charms him. And you can see Bill is standing there, like, really impressed at kind of her skills and how she's able to kind of schmooze these people. And then we cut to the exact opposite, which is Nikki and Marge having fun grocery shopping with a gaggle of kids. I mean, okay, Margie's kids are fine and in the cart, but Nikki's boys are just running the aisles, pulling things off the shelves. Nikki like kind of ignores them. Margie is the one who disciplines them and tells them, put that back on the shelf, get over here, stop running around. And Nikki's just like, hmm, whatever, like, not my problem. She is unbelievable. So then we see Barb and Bill leaving the function. Um, they become enamored with each other and end up pulling over on the side of the road like two teenagers to have sex in the front seat of the car. Ew. Like, yikes. Ugh. What would his other wives think of this roadside quickie? Hmm. 
And then Barb reminds him, it's Margie's night. And Bill defends their actions by saying, well, it wasn't planned. Okay, sounds like every guy who's ever gotten caught cheating. It just happened. I don't know. Whatever. So then we see when Bill gets home that night, he walks into Margie's chaotic house with kids running around and, you know, Margie trying to corral them and get the house together. And as she runs upstairs with the kids, we see him with this wistful look on his face. And you can tell he's thinking about how serene and quiet Barb's house is at this point and what a difference it is. But again, this is the life you have chosen, Bill. So save the crocodile tears, boo, sorry. Um, He pulls out his Viagra, ends up throwing the bottle in the trash, and then he reaches up on the counter, pulls some napkins and, you know, trash off the counter to hide the Viagra bottle. Okay, great, no big deal. Does he remove the rest of the trash off the counter? No. Does he pull out the bag of now full trash and take it out? No. What good are you, Bill? Like, who the hell has that many kids and that many wives and can't even be bothered to, like, take the trash out? Wow, are you lazy. Ugh. Good luck with going cold turkey, Bill. So the next morning, you see everybody getting ready to get out of the house for school and work and whatever. Barb's cell phone rings. She acts like it's the FNCIA, but in fact, it's just Bill. She sticks her head in the pantry in the cabinet like she's a frickin' Russian spy, and it's the Kremlin calling, when in fact it's only Bill, asking her to meet him at the house, essentially for another lunchtime quickie this afternoon. So Barb somewhat reluctantly agrees, but okay, fine. And then she tells Margie, hey, Margie, you need to get to your house and get your house together so you can live there because you can't keep hanging out at my house all day. So I guess that's in an effort to make sure the house is cleared out. So when she comes home for lunch, nobody's there. So, oh, well. And then Nikki chimes in and tells Margie, get a life. I love it. So then we see Bill and Don, his partner in the office being like bumbling idiots calling the state attorney general's office polygamy's czar um, and giving them this fake story that Don's mother was swindled by Roman Grant um, into buying some fake land and which was great until the person at the state's attorney's office starts actually asking actual questions who's your mom's attorney when can we meet with you we would like to meet with both of you and get the full story They realize they're in too deep and ended up having to hang up the phone. Amateur hour, guys. Come on. Ugh. Oh, well. And then we see Barb rushing home at lunch. Locks all the doors, closes all the blinds. Yeah, Barb, that's not suspicious at all. Again, amateur. If you really wanted to make it look not suspicious, you should have closed some or all of the blinds before you left for work this morning. Hmm. And then if anybody said anything, you could have said, oh, it's going to be hot today. I don't want the house to heat up too much with all that direct sunlight. Boom. Done. Whatever, Barb. I don't know how you guys get away with this polygamy thing in plain sight, because God knows. So Bill shows up. They make a ridiculous amount of noise, make, you know, mess up the whole house. And these are two people that are trying to be discreet. Again, amateurs. 
So whatever. So again, Nikki and Margie are out shopping. I swear that's all these two do. Well, we know that's all Nikki does, but usually it's catalog shopping. Catalog shopping, the older, slower sister to online shopping. Ah, those were the days. So as they're coming home, Nikki notices Bill's car past them going the opposite direction on the road up to the houses, and you know her spidey senses are up. So you know Nikki's going into full Nancy Drew mode now. Oh, Jesus. So back in the office, the resident office gossip, Wendy, remember her? Mm-hmm. She tells Bill she needs a closed-door session with him. And then she lets him know she saw Don and Don's family at a restaurant over the weekend. <gasps> Clutch the pearls, girls. Oh, my God. So apparently she followed two women who were in Don's party to the bathroom and overheard them in the bathroom talking about whose turn it is to cut Don's hair. The scandal. And she tells Bill, I know he's a polygamist. Bill tells her she's wrong about what she thinks she overheard and saw. Don has sisters. And then he tells her, everyone in Henriksen Home Plus is judged by their job performance and not by what they do in their bedrooms. Okay, that's progressive for 2006. Thank you, Bill. We'll take it. And then Bill proceeds to go home for the night and presents each wife with flowers. He's in a great mood. And of course, Nancy Drew, Nikki Drew, um, she's totally suspicious. She knows something is up and she is going to suss out what it is. So we see poor little Margie. She has decided to take Barb's advice and start unpacking and decorating that sad little hovel that passes as her house. You know what kills me? This, they make such a big thing about these houses being new builds and they built three next to each other and blah, blah. Why does Margie's house, the wallpaper in the kitchen, everything looks like it was inhabited by a 65-year-old woman? Like, she made these choices? I don't get it. Hers is the only one that looks old and drab. It's the strangest thing. I don't know. So she's looking at her old high school yearbook, and you could tell she finally just makes the decision, like, it's time to get rid of this stuff, put it on the curb, and be done with it. So as she's dragging boxes to the curb, the neighbor Pam from across the street, who is so chipper, I mean, she's like Disney princess level happy all the time. It's like forced. It's crazy. <clears throat> Comes over, says hi, and you can tell that she's trying to make friends. Pam needs friends. Poor Margie definitely needs friends. Um, so maybe it'll be good for both of them. And then who's to pass them on the street but Ben with his girlfriend? And, of course, it's the typical struggling with his sexuality and urges and, you know, the Mormon church telling him it's wrong and the girlfriend tells him not to go to Mormon boys' group because they will brainwash him. Hmm. We'll see. So then we see Nikki Drew, who places an emergency call to the compound. She needs to talk to Wanda. You remember Wanda, the one who looks like she's from Mankato, always in her rumpled prairie dresses and her super loose braids. So Nikki tells Wanda that she knows Bill's courting a fourth wife. And she's bored with her current sister wife, so she's thrilled. (laughs) 
And it turns out Bill is not courting a fourth wife, but he is setting up more hotel meetups with Barb. Um, this time at another hotel before Nikki ends up catching them. And again, uh, what is with these lunch breaks? How long do these people get for lunch? We know that Barb has said that she works at Copper Mountain Middle School or something like that, um, elementary school. I I'm not a teacher, but I'm pretty sure teachers do not get lunch breaks that are long enough for them to get in the car, drive to the hotel, check into the hotel, have a quickie, take a shower, oh, lay there and listen to music and reminisce about when they were first dating, and then get in the car, oh, check out, get in the car, and drive back to work. That's more than an hour lunch, and I'm willing to bet most teachers don't even get an hour lunch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, like, super suspicious of this one. I can see Barb, but, you know... If she wasn't working, she is working. And, you know, I can see Bill. He makes his own schedule. That's different. But, girl, you just got this job. You're still a substitute. If you want to be more than that, I'd watch the P's and Q's. So just a note, though, when Bill goes back to work, he goes in the break room to grab something to drink. I don't know. There's a drink dispenser in there, one of those generic, um, you know, soda machines. And the front has a just a soda can on it, and it has, like, a, a rainbow on the front. I'm like, oh, two nods to equality in one episode. Interesting. Hmm. So then we see uh, Wendy again, who so reminds me of, like, nosy Nellie Olson. Jesus. So she confronts Peg, who's Don's wife, in the bathroom. Don't forget, Peg works in the offices at Henriksen Home Plus. Um... And she alludes to the fact that she knows Don is a polygamist. So Peg just smiles and says, Oh, Wendy, you're the best junior bookkeeper we've ever had. And walks out. I was like, damn, girl. <laughs> Checkmate. Way to put Miss Wendy in her place. So later that night, we see Nikki washing her hands in the bathroom. She's out of soap and reaches to grab a bar out of the shower. It's one of those small, kind of flattish hotel bars of soap, and she immediately notices. She goes through the trash for the wrapper and finds it. Of course, it's from the hotel where Bill was staying with Barb. Now, I know you've got three wives and, what, 35 or so kids? I'm kidding. Seven kids at this point. But do you really need to steal the soap? And if you do really need to steal the soap, Bill, don't you think you should have kept it, oh, I don't know, at Barb's house? Barb, who knows you were at the hotel? Jesus. Oh, my God. Again, freaking amateur hour. Oh, my God. So, whatever. And this guy's supposed to be, like, the mastermind head of the household that all three of these women, like, look up to. They need to reassess and reevaluate that. Ugh. So then Nikki confronts Margie and asks if she and Bill slept together before marriage. And you can tell by the look on Margie's face, she's super guilty. <laughs> so Nikki is flipping out. Um, and then we see neighbor Pam, who's Margie's friend. She's bringing books for decorating to Margie, which I think is very nice, right? And she says, oh, 
This one is on the top of the pile. You definitely need to read the one on feng shui. But she pronounces it as feng shui, like chop suey. Oh, Pam. Pam, 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 you poor little thing. You can tell, though, Pam is eager for a friend. And although the other wives have warned Margie against getting too close to somebody, Margie needs a friend, too. Like, you know, you guys can't keep her caged up in that house as, like, the on-call babysitter all the time. So... We then get a quick shot of Ben attending a seminary meeting for the Mormon church and is told, congrats, he's chosen the right. And you could tell it's super cringy, and even Ben thinks so. So Bill gets a quick phone call from his brother with more info on the whole land scam and Roman Grant and basically scamming senior citizens out of money. Um, and then he says, oh, by the way, congrats on the going for a fourth wife. So I guess Wanda told her husband, and Bill is surprised, to say the least. Barb then comes home to a super serious Nikki, who tells her not only is Bill courting another wife, but they are having relations, and it is bringing sin on this house, and they need to figure it out now. Barb's eyes are huge, because <laughs> she knows she's the fourth wife, or at least what Nikki thinks is the fourth wife. And then cute little neighbor Pam from across the street. Oh my gosh. She sees Barb outside and tells her it is so terrible that Margie lost her husband in the Gulf War. And Barb agrees and she, after that, <laughs> immediately marches in the house and breaks it to poor Margie. She did not lose her husband in the Gulf War because the Gulf War ended 15 years ago. Don't forget, this was 2006. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know who's more gullible, Pam or Margie. But whatever. At least it didn't raise a red flag for Pam. <laughs> oh, but again, I do feel bad for poor Margie. Um, as everybody starts their nightly routines, Bill calls Barb and she says she can't do this anymore. He says he's drowning. He needs to see her at the hotel in half an hour. Nikki asks him where he's going because it's her night, and he says, oh, I have to go to the office. I'll be back soon. And, of course, Nikki Drew, um, it alerts, you know, something sets off in her, and she's like, that, something's not right. So she immediately picks up the phone. Again, in the age of house phones, um, she hits star 69 to redial the last number, and Sarah picks up at Barb's house. She then sees Barb's car pull out of the driveway and follow Bill down the street. Now, don't forget, in the age of house phones, um, you could pick up and hit star 69, and it would redial the last number. And if you wanted to make a phone call and not have your number show up on the caller ID, once we had caller ID, you could hit star 70 before dialing the number. You always had to know the phone hacks before you could use the phone properly. <laughs> So, poor little teeny, she gets so little screen time, this actress, and when she does, it's her asleep. So they show her kind of asleep in front of the TV in the family room. The poor kid wakes up, and there's a man standing at the glass, sliding glass door, staring at her. She screams, Nikki comes running, and she runs out to confront, who ends up being Nikki's brother, Albie, who tells her Bill only married her to get a loan from Daddy, from Papa, excuse me, and Nikki was just collateral, and he tells her she's, quote, an earthly being of no consequence. 
Nikki, who is understandably super pissed off, tells him to take his one testicle and fly back to his cave. (laughs) So once Barb and Bill rush home, Nikki recounts the story, and she announces to the family she wants to bring another soul into the family. Right. Am I the only one who really believes that? No way. She has ulterior motives. Okay. So as always, we have to recap the drama. So at the compound, Bill's brother and his wife are convinced Bill's courting a forced wife mainly because Nikki told Wanda he was. Poor Wanda just got bad intel. She's another one that can be a little trusting. Hmm. Roman is still creepy old man status, only now he's hideous creepy old man because now apparently he's swindling senior citizens out of their money. Oh, good God. Albie is becoming a bit nutty with the stalking of the Hendricksons. Um, He really appears to be holding a grudge against Bill, and the only reason I can think of is because he didn't get the financial reports his father requested. I don't know, but um, Albie's a little nutty. He's a loose cannon. And although Barb seems to be loving her new status as the wife who's closest to Bill, you can tell she's got some issues with guilt. Nikki is definitely in Nancy Drew mode, and she's going to suss out exactly what's going on with Bill and Barb. I do not believe for one second that she wants another kid. I mean, look at how disinterested she is in the two that she has. Yeah, I don't see Nikki as the kid type. Sorry. Poor Margie just wants a friend. Poor Pam across the street needs a friend. Um, I know that everybody thinks that Margie can't handle it, but... I think you just got to trust her. Like, it's going to happen one way or another. She needs a friend. Ben is struggling with being a completely normal teenager with sexual urges. It seems like he thinks he can turn to the Mormon church to help with this. Uh, I'm not sure that's the way, but we'll see. So in the suburban utopia, or, you know, the cul-de-sac, Barb is still guilty. Nikki is clueless. Margie's trying to make her own way in the world. Um... The whole thing, as always, unbelievable. (laughs) This family kills me. So, all right, so that's it for season one, episode five, Affair of Big Love. Um, If you have any suggestions on TV or movies that I should be watching... Um, let me know. Email me at retrocinemareview at gmail.com. Um, and until next time, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me. Bye.